When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs where we are recording after a wonderful win against Manchester City at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where Steven Bergwijn scored on his debut and Hummingson doubled Spurs' lead to really settle off a fantastic day for Tottenham Hotspur which saw us close the gap on the top four as we did capitalise on Leicester, Manchester United and Chelsea dropping points all over the weekend. Delighted to have back on this show with me, Crackers. Joining myself and Crackers, we're also welcoming back two returning guests to the last word on Spurs, Intalia Corrin and the wonderful Troy Townsend. Hope you enjoy in what can only be described as one of our shows of the season. The buzz is coming from the mic. Hope you enjoy it. Mike Dean is getting advice here. Oh, that looks like it's a penalty. As soon as I saw it, I thought it was a penalty, and it is right, that is a penalty. We can argue about how long it took, but we've certainly got to the right decision. Well, here goes Gundogan, and it's saved by the race. Oh, oh, penalty! Is it going to be I'm just looking at it now. He does get there first. I'm not quite sure now. I don't think there's that too big a contact. VAR very much in the firing line. No penalty. Angle from Lucas Moore. Oh, what a debut! Delight for the Dutchman, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Bergwijn. One 0 Tottenham. Lacelso. 
No flag. And it's true now. Son fired it past Edison. Delirium now for Tottenham. Crackers. I'm going to start with you because some will say that has been our performance of the season. Certainly the result because definitely that second half, we dug deep, we worked our socks off and what a big win that could prove to be now for the rest of our season. What did you make of it? First off, you've just opened up with Some Might Say, which is his song. So that seems quite fitting, doesn't it? After their boys took one hell of a beating today. <laughs> deliberately done, of course, was... Crackers. Deliberately done. Well done, you know. Don't, don't look back in anger when you listen uh, to this show again, will you? <laughs> uh, how many oasis of puns can we get in tonight? Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a Mourinho masterclass. I have my differences with him as, uh, as well documented, but that was, that was absolute classic Mourinho, wasn't it? It was just, just a way he, he goes at games like this. Two shots, two goals. I, I, well, I, I see a stat earlier, and you may have had this written down, and sorry if, if I've spoiled it, but somebody said that we've had five shots in the two games versus City this season. One of those was Kane's from within his own half and scored four goals against them, and they've had 44 shots and scored two. So it's just absolute Mourinho masterclass. Uh, today, D- difficult first half, then the sending off, and um, uh, and we just we, we just went from strength to strength. You know, the, the first goal go- goes in, and that was it. We 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 was off, and uh, I I don't know. They looked a little bit more together, a little bit more galvanised today. You just, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, do you wonder if with like Ericsson being there and obviously being unhappy? Um, Danny Rose going as well. And I love Danny Rose. I love Danny's honesty. I liked him. I, I've, I've said before on the show, refreshing. I, uh, you know, I like players to fall and offer them out and not be frightened to him. Sterling's the same as well. I love those types of players, but he's not for everyone. Now, maybe you don't know behind the scenes, perhaps they were upsetting the apple cart a little and they, they're gone and it's just, it's, it's lifted. It could be, it could be, it might, that just might be optimising. But they just looked a little bit more at it today. And uh, brilliant, brilliant. Let's hope we kick on from here. Fingers crossed, Crackers. We have to kick on from here. I'm delighted to have this man back on our show, Troy Townsend. And Troy, you've been due a win since God, I don't know how many times. I try, <laughs> I try and deliberately invite you on for the big games. And I feel like maybe I should stop inviting him on for the big games. We're never going to get a result. But then suddenly today, we did get the result. And, you know, it would have been a lot different, let's be honest about it, if City had taken their chances in that first half. But it does feel like, like Cracker says there, there's a blueprint now emerging for Spurs. The Winks and the Chelsea pairing looks good. And there's real pace now in that final third. We saw Ndombele come on. Great player. Being able to bring him on like that and almost impact the game straight away with an assist. And Tanganga as well looked excellent. What did you think of that result against Man City? I think we really got it. Oh, thanks for having me back on, first of all, Rick. I didn't want to be, uh, I didn't want to preempt coming on this weekend because obviously, um, you know, my record's not been great. So thanks for that. And now I can put that to bed. But. I don't know. You know, you've got to think about it. You've got to think, let's be serious. You know, Man City were Man City in that for large periods of that first half. And for large periods, we would have been all frustrated. I think the fact that we, you know, we couldn't really get out. We we couldn't apply the pressure in the manner that we wanted to. And actually, like I think Cracker said, if City had had put even one of those chances away early on, 
you know, then maybe it might we might be looking at a different picture. But there's definitely resolve to the team. Um, there's definitely a, a kind of a Mourinho-like shape forming. Do you know what I mean? And I know a lot of fans may not like what they what they witness and see, but you know the lads dug in, and I think the controversy, you know, with the penalty and all the VAR controversy. Um, just before half time would have really pumped them up as well. And if there's one thing that VAR does do, it gets in between, gets in your blood a little bit, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? It gets in between your skin. So Larice's save, possible sending off for Sterling, the then what people perceive to be a dive from Sterling after the penalty, and the whole, I think everything around that just before half time really pumped the players up and galvanised them. And you know the second half approach was different, was better, was lively. Um, I'm still struggling to see what we are going forward. If you really want me to, but we're a, we're in we're in the process of change going forward. You know, and, and you know, you take Harry Kane out. Son's not been the same for me. Um, Deli Ali's been a bit in and out. But you know, we have to strive for the positives in it all. And I think you know, ultimately, beating a side like Man City today must be the you know a real real step forward. We're delighted to have you back. And as I said, I mean, for me, getting you on after a win. It's, it's been due, hasn't it? I mean, it has been due. And, and like you said there, there are a lot of points to come on to in terms of Deli Ali and Hummin Son and how they've been playing recently. But Talia, I've deliberately given you some time to settle back in because you was only at that game only about half an hour ago. What did you make of that atmosphere? What was it like? And to come back after a result like that must be fabulous. I'm honestly buzzing. But you know when you kind of get back and you're just like drained? It's kind of now hit me that I'm just shattered because it was just so much like rowdiness and just crazy in the actual stadium. But I generally think the atmosphere was probably the best that I've heard it or been a part of in a stadium. I think the only potential exceptions were Champions League last season. But I feel like today everyone was just singing the whole time. I'm in the South Stand, so obviously you do kind of get that anyway. But honestly, everyone was on their feet clapping the whole time. And I think, you know, it was a Mourinho masterclass, like the other guy said. And I mean, up to what I think, obviously, with the whole Hugo thing, the atmosphere was like slightly dead, but it just transformed, I think, players and the fans. It just took off from there. And then once Inchenko did get sent off, it just went mental. <laughs> and I just feel like, wow, it was honestly mad. Like, I'm buzzing. You can probably hear it. I'm just a bit like, ah. <laughs> I've got to ask you, Tally, loads of questions in here. We're going to try and get through them as many as we can, guys. Bearing in mind, these have only come in the last half an hour or so. Hugo at THFC says, is this a season-defining win for us? Push on from here, Tally. Do you agree? Mentality-wise, I think it could be, yes. Because obviously, you know, the players, I think, now that are in the starting eleven are the players that we want to be starting. Obviously, bar injuries, forget them. But, you know, they're the players that we want to be playing for Spurs. And what I said today is, is it did kind of feel like there was an injection and you did kind of see the beginning of the rebuild and that the players that were playing did want to play for Spurs. And with those celebrations and stuff, you saw the passion and that was back. And it meant so much for the players. And you heard it from the fans in terms of the atmosphere. And I know there's loads of videos of Mourinho going around and everything. So I think it absolutely could be the start of that mentality shift where you're like, actually, we just beat the champions. We are good enough to beat whoever we want. Let's go. I want to bring you in there, Crackers, because like Talia says there, from a mentality perspective... We saw Mourinho in those first couple of games that we had, the, the Man United game and the Chelsea game, and we didn't get the results. With that win against Man City, does that almost kind of settle us down to that we can make this ground a fortress? Because like Talia said there, when the noise takes off like it did today, 
if we can now start to dominate the big teams at this ground, that could really be the platform for Tottenham to kick on, not just this season, but really long-term under Jose Mourinho. Because when you look at his record as a manager, he's always had a very, very strong home record wherever he's been. Yeah, absolutely. And there started to be a few murmurings about the atmosphere around the uh, the new stadium and people saying it was great to start with and there was the novelty of it and the buzz uh, and now that's sort of settled down and it's just become home uh, rather than a new home. People saying, you know, this, this isn't quite right. But, uh, you know, like today, you could hear it, it come across loud and clear. And, um, you know, the players, if they're, if they're up for it, then the fans are. And it's, it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, you know, they, they feeds off of each other. And when that place does get rocking, wow. There is some serious noise that comes. Like Talia said, some of those Champions League nights have been fantastic. So uh, long may that continue. And if fans are seeing a galvanised team that are genuinely trying a leg and going for it, then they they will get behind them. Because this is something I said on social media a few weeks ago. We, we're not going to win every game. But, you know, you can expect at least a team to actually give it their all like they did today and and that that fed back from from the stands and you know with regards to kicking on from here well i mean is there anybody else better than jose Mourinho to get into a player's mind and make them feel 10 feet tall and you know get them tomorrow in the team meeting and say to them you know bottle that can that do that again and and make players want to want to do that. So if we do have any chance of changing the mentality, and uh, um, boy, do we need it because it's just been a succession of managers that get us to a point with our mentality and don't don't carry it on. If we can't do it with Mourinho, then do, I think we give up, don't we? Really, it's it for me. It's all about if Mourinho can do it past that two seasons, three seasons mark, where he just seems to get to, and then it all seems to unravel. But you know, if he's there in four or five years' time and it's still going. I'll gladly turn around and say, you know what? I, I got him wrong. I, I thought it might only be two seasons. If he if he gets us there, brilliant. Because that's all what, what we do want, really, isn't it? Just to see us doing well. And, uh, you know, I think what would really do it for me this season is if we give the FA Cup a full tilt uh, and bring, bring a pop back because that would really, really ramp things up for me. Like you said there, Crackers, we have got so much to look forward to as well. FA Cup, Champions League, Premier League and just on the Premier League now, Troy, Spurs up to fifth, four points away from a Champions League position. Do you think now, Troy, looking at the table, Spurs can slowly start to believe again now? I mean, it's not outside, is it? After this weekend's results, we've seen Leicester drop points, Man United drop points. Chelsea drop points. I suppose it's where, where, what stage you're at as a fan, do you know what I mean? Because unfortunately we've got a fan base that is all over the place, you know. Some positive Mourinho, some anti-Mourinho, um, some who, you know, are sticking in the middle until maybe, you know, he kind of defines what this squad looks like. But for me, the league is all over the place, you know. You've got the standout team, obviously. Um, but the league is all over the place and Chelsea are not pulling up any trees. You know, even Leicester now are coming back into the equation because their results are not as good as what they were when they're on that run. 
Um, you know, we've got to be fair in teams like Sheffield United and Wolves at the moment, because if they really do get themselves in gear, um, they will be going for those places as well. But I see Tottenham very much in that mix, you know, the couple of good swinger results either way. And all of a sudden, you know, Chelsea comes up soon in February, which all of a sudden is a, a six pointer for the Champions League. So without doubt, we're definitely in the mix and we're definitely in there to, to, to you know, to be counted for the Champions League. And I suppose the real test, and you hear Mourinho's interview afterwards, I suppose the real test will be obviously when the Champions League starts again and then you're, you know, you're this so-called winter break that we're supposed to be having that is not really a winter break will really come into play because, you know, Spurs' squad is not big enough and really strong enough to attack on free on free count. So you're really using all elements of that squad to try and challenge, you know, definitely in two cup competitions and then to try and get itself into those Champions League spots. So it will be a test. Um, but one that I think that, you know, particularly after today, yeah, everyone will grow in strength and belief that they can do it. Yep. And ahead of that game against Man City, we did see Bergwijn come straight in for Eric Lamella while Sanchez replaced for Tongan. It was three changes to the side that started the win over Norwich in our last league game. Sanchez and Tanganga, as we mentioned, came back into that starting eleven in place of Cesc, Jan and Lamella. And Troy, you know, to have someone like Bergwijn come straight into the team, you know, bearing in mind he only joined during the week, clearly... There was a massive positive influence about him coming to the club. Young guy, very, very eager to finally get that Premier League move. There's already been reports that he gave up a six million figure to come early, cut his season midway to join Tottenham in the Premier League. From what you've seen of him, Troy, do you think we've got a really exciting kid to look forward to here? Definitely. He can't you can't start any better than the way that he started, which was obviously to you know, put the ball in the back of the net and, and to, to show a lot of willingness as well to, you know, to get into areas that maybe we weren't finding before. Um, listen, his, his debut, it was OK. Let's be serious. It was OK. He's thrown into the hot mix of a game against Manchester City when actually we didn't have a lot of the ball. So actually he wasn't able to get on the ball in probably the manner that he will do in future fixtures. And and you can tell by the end that his fitness levels probably were not as good as what it's going to need to be for the Champions League. But you can tell by the way that he took that goal. Um, wow, you know, the chest and the, the smart finish is, is everything that probably we have been missing since Harry has, has been injured. So, you know, he's young enough, he's bright enough, he looks fresh enough. He, you know, he looks like he's got a little bit about him. He's got a great physique about him as well. You saw at the end there with all the players who have only known him for a couple of days, but the way they kind of embraced him at the end of the game as well. You know, we've got to be excited about that. We've got to be excited that he's going to be, you know, able to keep that starting spot and produce the kind of end product that he has, what it, that it like he did today. And like you said there, Troy, you can't ask any more than the debut he gave us, but I think I said there, we've got to keep our feet on the ground. A massive, massive future for him at this football club, fingers crossed. And Talia... We're going to start with some of the VAR decisions. We could be here for over four hours. We'll try and narrow it down as best as we can, discuss the first incident, because Delhi was down after what I can only describe as a horrific challenge from Raheem Sterling. VAR reviewed it as a possible red card. There was no red card given. I think Sterling can count himself extremely lucky. And just to point out there, it was Mike Dean refereeing and Kevin Friend in the VAR. Some would say that's the deadly combination, two of the worst. But being in the stadium, Talia... Yeah. Obviously, what did you make of that incident? I presume you, you didn't know quite what was going on at the time, right? Yeah, I mean, it was far enough away to kind of not be able to see exactly what happened. But you could obviously see that there was a challenge. And Dele is one of those players that does kind of 
dive a bit or you know take the piss when he does get taken out and you honestly could see that he was in pain like he was thudding the floor and he was rolling about like he was proper not happy and everyone kind of was murmuring to one another being like surely not you know and everyone gets up off their seat he's like ref ref <laughs> standard but you know what it's like in a stadium nothing comes up on the screens and I still don't know why they don't there was no replay nothing and I mean it came up VAR straight away and the decision was within seconds it's not even like they reviewed it it literally came up VAR and then just said decision no serious foul play which is I mean I've quickly like briefly just seen a picture on Twitter and it does look bad but I mean it was a still so I don't think I'm one to kind of say whether or not it was but I saw what Mourinho said and he was set on the fact it was a red considering I know a lot of other players in other teams have got reds for very similar things so it sounds like he was lucky to still be on the pitch. Let's ask you, Crackers. I know you did have the fortune to see that tackle live. I mean, I think, again, Track Crackers, looking at it two, three times over, I think Sterling is very, very lucky to not go for that. It's late. It's a studs-up change on alley. You turned his ankle, but was trying to walk it off, as we saw afterwards. But, I mean, I think both players could count themselves very lucky to continue that game. What did you make of it? The ref w- would have seen that and should have just get- and given a red. The fact that that's what really angers fans, or it angers me, is that... Uh, they then get this opportunity to have a look and make a considered opinion by having a replay, then seeing it, and still not give a, a penalty, a, a red card, sorry. It's just like, you just think, where's the rhyme and reason in this? It's just, what is it that they're seeing that, that, that we're not? Where's the, like, the, the lack of danger in that, in that challenge? To, to mean that he he doesn't he doesn't walk for it. It's just, I mean, this whole VAR nonsense, and it is a, a nonsense. Uh, this weekend as well, like with with the uh, with Ings and and the, the tackle on him in the in the Liverpool Southampton game. I mean, what? Where's that? Not a pen. It's just it's just nonsense. And to, to have to have the consideration of this replay and then to like have a look at it and and then and then go with that. It's just it's just baffling. And uh, it's Henry Winter, I think, uh, a short time ago on on Twitter was saying that. It's causing toxic atmospheres in in the grounds. It's just, it is, it's it's killing the game. It really is killing. It's that instant passion. Uh, you know, you can't celebrate a goal anymore. Just you know, throwing it out as a bit of a wider topic away from that that actual incident itself. It's just, it's just awful. Refs were getting sort of especially with the speed of the game they were getting so much right on their self all right there was they, they made the odd mistake where they missed stuff but generally the refs would refs do a fantastic job themselves before var they were getting over 90 percent accuracy and with with a human eye getting a 90 percent of decisions right is is more than tolerable. So this uh, it's just nonsense, absolute nonsense. You should have gone. There's no no doubts about it at all. Troy, I want to bring you to that as well. I mean, Troy, looking on reflecting on that tackle for you, any difference to Cracker's opinion there? Is there any way for you that Sterling should have remained on the pitch? You know what? If there's three words, there's a lot of three words that I do not like. But VAR is probably out there as probably the biggest one that I hate. Um, don't we all? Know. Do not. <laughs> yeah, don't we all well, at the exactly. Moment. Yeah. Um, listen, when you slow something down, 
when you analyze it in the way that the 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 officials in in the VAR office or wherever you want to call it Stockley Park get to do it it obviously looks worse than what the initial tackle was because the slow mo of that would not have been great but I, I'm with I'm with the other guys here I don't know how that's not how don't know how Mike Dean has not picked something on it straight away and you listen to the commentary and you hear people say well he's not that kind of a player of course he's not that kind of a player. But again, you look at the impact that it's had on um, Deli Alley, the, the way that it's rolled his ankle, you know, a little bit firmer, that's a broken ankle full stop or that's him out for a period of time. It, it's not a great tackle. Let's get it straight. Sterling is not a malicious lad whatsoever, but it's an overzealous, just missed, missed the ball tackle that, that for me deserves to be punished. And, you know, I, I would expect a top referee like Mike Dean to pick that up immediately and say, look, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to have to send you off. You know, I know you're not that kind of player. And Mourinho's spot on because we've seen a couple of incidents over the last few weeks where exactly that, the player who's making the tackle is not the type of player to go around smashing people, but it's mistimed, it's misjudged, and it's had an impact on, on, the, on the person on the receiving end. So... You know, whether you give a red card or not should not matter who the player is, should not matter about whether the player is, you know, the hardest thing in the world or someone who actually doesn't 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 tackle very well. You know, a red is a red. And I, and I struggle. I, I, I really struggle with that. How, you know, some players, you know, if that was another player who actually has a reputation, he's gone. He's gone because it, the reputation precedes him. So. For me, that's a disappointing one and could have had a massive massive influence on the game. Now, sticking on VAR, as we know, that wasn't the only incident. And Talia, I'd be intrigued to get your thoughts on the one that came after that because Aguero was brought down by Uria and after two and a half minutes later, the VAR decided that it was a penalty. I don't think there's any doubt on second, third viewing, if he wasn't in the stadium, that Uria, it was an awful challenge on Sergio Aguero. But there is that argument Mourinho said after the game that if the ball doesn't go out, it doesn't go out and then you make the decisions. But the right decision is not the wrong ones. The more it takes, the more time it takes to get it right. It should have been a red card early in the game. And, you know, reflecting on it, Talia, for you, when you're in that stadium, could you believe it where two and a half minutes later you're going back and you're seeing a decision like that made? Honestly, it was proper baffling, Like I think, for everyone. And everyone just looked at each other like, what the hell is happening? Because, I mean, I was literally sat pretty much just behind where that happened so I had a great view of it and every single person around me including myself was like that is a pen it was a clear as day pen Aurier was an idiot like flat out pen fine and you know we watched Mike Dean just go shoot it away being like no no keep going and play on and I mean between us we were all kind of a bit like well all right like I think we got very lucky there if that's the case and but still a bit kind of apprehensive and as the game just kept going it was like surely not really and then I mean by the time what two minutes you think we've bloody got away with one there you don't even think for a second that they're gonna come back in and be like VAR and honestly I can't even describe it the second that that obviously ball went out of play or whatever and that purple screen one everyone just went oh for god's sake because you knew it was a pen but it just made no sense why it took that long like look I hate VAR I genuinely do but I get that it was a pen. I just don't understand why it took so long for it to show up. Like surely, as a ref, you see that that is you see that that is a pen. 
you blow up and take it there and then like what good is it for anyone to go on for another two minutes it's just stupid I agree. I mean, the VARs we've seen this season, it doesn't stop causing headlines week after week and cracking more drama from that because Lloris, as we saw, saved the penalty. Great save by Hugo Lloris. And almost like he got carried away in the emotion of saving the penalty there. It all kicked off again after Sterling went down in the follow-up and VAR checked and that was not a penalty. I mean, reflecting back, do you think the VAR got that one right? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was just farcical. It? It, it was crazy. I mean, for starters... Um, Loris was off his line before the ball struck. So, uh, you know, if, we, if we're going to be sticklers for the rules, it should have been a retake anyway um, because of Loris coming off, wasn't on his line. So, so there, 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 there's that one. Then, for me, uh, I think that he's actually brought Sterling down. I think he's caught Sterling and I think we were very lucky not to get another penalty awarded against us for that now they they've looked at that and if it's not if it's not a foul or not a penalty then is is there something in between in the rules where it isn't a dive then because then he's dived isn't he if it's not a penalty it's a dive or am I not getting getting well, that I right? I, don't I mean, know. Sterling, to be fair, you know, he, he dived twice, he made a tactical foul and a potential ankle breaking injury on Deli Alley in the first half and somehow he still stayed on the pitch crackers. I, I don't think he dived. I actually think that Loris, Loris caught him and brought him, brought him down. But if VAR, in its wisdom, hasn't seen it that way, then... Are they not going to, like, I mean, what are we, about two hours after, an hour and a half after the final whistle? Can't far issue him a diving red card now? Because if we're going back two and a half minutes, we might as well go back two and a half hours. Let's retrospectively give him a red card now then. It's just like, where are we going with this? It's just like, it's like Alice through the looking glass here. And it's just, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I've got, I've got, I've got to ask Troy's reaction. I mean, Troy... Sorry, the VAR, the, I love I love crackers, but Troy, bring it in here. That's why I love being on the show with him. Do you know that? It's oh, <laughs> brilliant. But can you disagree with him, Troy? Do you not agree that, that the the overall incidents, both the Uria <laughs> and the Loris one, I mean, they're both completely farcical in their own rights, aren't they? I mean, I, I'm going to be totally honest there now. You've probably got too many honest people on your show tonight, uh, Ricky. I, I've got to admit, for me the penalty should be retaken. So the Aurier situation with the pen, I actually thought Aurier touched it first, if you want me to be totally honest. So actually, when they started to review it after the period of time, after the Man City have kept the ball for the next two minutes, which again, just shows you that this is not a game of football anymore. Um, I thought he got a touch, but once they slowed it down and slowed it down again, you know, it was Aguero, just the instep of Aguero that's taken the ball that way, pen. OK, Pen, we have to deal with that. Then you hope that Lloris does what he does and, and makes a save. You know, I was surprised that Gundogan was the one taking it. Um, Lloris leaves his line, makes a great save, should be retaken. Um, I thought VAR was looking at that. If VAR's not looking at that, then I thought the linesman was looking at that. Great save, obviously has to spill it, comes out. And I've got to be honest, I thought he clipped Raheem Sterling. Uh, I, I did, and I've, I've gone pen, it's another pen, and I'm looking at it thinking, I can't believe we're going to get away with this. Um, because I, I thought that was a nailed-on pen as well. Um, but I agree with Crackers. Once the pen's not given, um, and once they decide that Larissa's not touched Sterling, 
I'm sorry, he's got to go. And, and he's got to go because, uh, listen, I get this momentum thing, particularly when players are quick and sharp and off the boil. But if you're saying that Larissa has pulled his hand away from that situation, then Sterling's gone down without a touch. He's gone down without a touch. So I, and I'm surely they've looked at that as well. And I, I just think now there's so many different things that VAR is looking at. The rule that used to be in place, that's if you dive, you know, it's a, it's a yellow card. We've stopped giving that now. So I've seen many a player this season who's, who's gone down in the box. And referees are like, I've got too much to do now. I can't include that as well. And it's, you know, it's just thrown the game all over the place. And, and I, I don't know. I, I just think the spectacle is poor. It's absolutely, I mean, you're sitting at, at home, you know, all of a sudden, two minutes after what we believe was a penalty was not a penalty, we're, we're told to wait a minute. And then the biggest square box that Mike, a referee has ever made, Mike Dean, has then gone to the spot and gone, it's a penalty. And you're wondering yourself, I've just lost two minutes of, of whatever I should be watching because that is now irrelevant because we now need to go to a penalty. <laughs> and I just, I, honestly, oh, the whole thing. It's crazy. And I, I know, but there's people on social media and Twitter and obviously the people that have been briefed down to the last hill, these media people, mm. who no matter what you say, they will generally steal back the nuisance that this this thing has brought to the game. It's going to go uh, anywhere though, Troy. I mean, it looks like it's here to stay, doesn't it? I mean, as I much as it's so stay. controversial, it's we, can yeah. you take it out of the it's, game now, Troy? Well, you could if you really wanted to, mm. but but they're not going to, are they? Being a father of a Premier League player, Troy, what do the players think of that? You know, you're very close to players on a day-by-day basis anyway in terms of the job you do. But what, what do players think of the VAR in general, do you think? Rick, let's be serious. If it works for you, happy days, yeah? <laughs> if, you know, if it works for you in the last minute, the 89th minute, I've been in the stadium. Thankfully, it was at the um, the poor one at West Ham that they yes. have there when you're a million miles away. Yeah. When Palace got got scored in the 88th minute, it was, and um, they ruled it out. They, the linesman ruled it out immediately. So we've waited the obligatory two and a half minutes to see, and it's a goal, and we've won 2-1 there. And you go absolutely crazy. Do you know what I mean? But you're going crazy in such a delayed format that you, people start thinking you're mad. Do you know what I mean? And the players don't know how to celebrate. Do we go mad and celebrate? Do we go back to... It's just... It's, it's not great. And I, and I beg at any player... The players have come out and spoken. I heard Connor Cody of Wolves speak the other day. And he said the players have told the officials and they've told who need the powers that need to be that this VAR thing is crazy and it's spoiling the game. But the, the lawmakers in football, once they hear that, they stick their heels in. They go, well, it doesn't matter. Well, this is staying. This is what we want, you know, for the future of the game. And, and, and that's it. So, actually, we're going to continue to keep having a moan up, but it doesn't matter. It will, it will continue to be in our game and it will continue to spoil our game forever and a day. Yeah. I mean, like I say, every week it becomes a talking point on these shows. I'm sure on many other different podcasts out there and radio debates about VAR. But, I mean, just a second on Hugo Lloris, Cracker, just to bring it back to him, because he did make a terrific save toe from Aguero's shot on the post just in that first half, you have to say, then he pushed away Gundogan's penalty. He was furious when Sterling went down after the follow-up, but you know he also had a very late save to tip over De Bruyne's cross, but on the whole, Crackers, I think it's been a good return from Lloris, so let's not forget he was out with that really, really bad injury, but he's saved more Premier League penalties since the start of 2018-19 season than any other keeper in the Premier League, and 
Do you think having him back, Crackers, you know, a World Cup winner, does that give the squad, does it give the squad some belief? Do you think having that kind of goalkeeper in there? It, it, it must do. And uh, I, I feel I feel a bit a bit sorry for uh, for Vorman that, you know, um, Gazaniga, sorry, with... Um, because he he come in and he done he, he done a sterling a sterling job to be honest and it's difficult to get two good goalkeepers in a squad because generally they you know they're, they're bench warmers in they the, the backup keepers so it's very difficult to get somebody that decent and he come in and he done okay a few times he got beat here and there but but who hasn't you know Lloris threw one in his own goal in a World Cup final literally and. Yeah, coming back in, um, he's obviously a popular chap around the dressing room. You can see that with how he is with the other players. And um, they, they feel comfortable with him behind him. And, you know, he's had, a, he's had a great day at the office today. But the life of a goalkeeper, you know, my youngest son's one. You have great days like that. And then all of a sudden you can have a stinker in the next game, be unsettled and, and you're the villain again. You know, you can be real... It's a real hero and villain position. But uh, today, he looked like that Loris of old and he looked sharp and focused and uh, long, long may that continue. And Tally, I just have to ask you about Sir Jury's performance because like you said, he was right in front of that penalty that he gave away. I mean, let's be honest, apart from that, I thought we had a very good first half. He had a number of last cast blocks and tackles, but was fortunate that, as we said, with Lloris saving that penalty, that he wasn't to blame so much that it could have really hindered the team. Overall, though, do you think that's a good display from him? Talia, there's been reports that Spurs may look to offer him a new contract. Would that be something you're in favour of with Sergio Aria? <laughs> if I mean... your heart could take it? <laughs> I think, you know, he shows such glimpses of being this great player and then he just constantly repeats himself and does the same stupid challenges and it is just confusing because it's like he's good at what he does and I think especially under Mourinho we have definitely seen improvements in him as a player so I think people have definitely warmed to him and feel more confident than they had you know previously but at the same time it's like every time he has the ball, you're kind of a bit worried that he's going to do something stupid or if he's going in for a challenge, you're kind of like, are you really going to do that? And I don't think anyone is fully confident that they can trust him not to do anything stupid. And I guess it's kind of whether or not he grows out of that or isn't. Like, he's not a young kid. So I don't know. Like, I think he does a job, but at the same time, it's like surely there's better players that kind of don't have that risk attached to them that could definitely do a job to us. Yeah, like Tanganga, bless him, is what is not even in his positions. He's played left back, right back, dumped in the middle, and he doesn't do challenges like that really. And he's half his age, probably, <laughs> not literally, but you know what I mean. So I think it's just in Aurier's nature to kind of do challenges like that, and it is genuinely a shame because I think if that wasn't part of his game, he would be so good. And like his crosses are great and gets the ball in and whatnot. I think it's just I wouldn't be totally against it. And I think today, to be fair. By most accounts, he did put in a good shift. It is just, I don't think I'm ever going to be 100% confident. A bit like Larissa's when the ball's on his line and you're like, <gasps> you trust him, but also you know he could just knock it in. <laughs> Sergio Aria, the, the gift that keeps on giving. He is a weekly segment on our show for all different types of reasons. I'm going to ask Crackers and Troy about him after we go for a very quick break. Don't go anywhere. We've got to talk about Steve Bergwijn's 
debut goal, Tungi Ndombele's impact, Home Min Son doubling Spurs' lead. We'll be back after this very, very short break. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Lots to talk about in this second half of the show. Lots of goals to talk about. More sending off controversies as well in this show and VAR. It's all coming. Troy, we saw chaos in the beginning of that second half. Sterling tackled by Tanganga, running to Lloris. Aguero had a shot that was cleared off the line and Gundogan blazed over. I've got to be honest with you, Troy, after that first half, I did kind of think, how are we not 2 or 3 nil down? I know you jokingly said you were going to text me and say, Rick, do you still want me on the show? But, you know, when you reflect back on that first half, Troy, we were very, very lucky to go in level, wasn't we? Yeah, I mean, that's Man City, though, aren't they? You know, at the end of the day, they're going to dominate the ball. They're going to create chances. You're almost relying on them not to do what they did, actually, which was not finish. You know, there were there were times there when I thought that they... To be honest, I thought they were taking the mick a little bit with the way that they were overplaying and, and you know, the chances in front of goal and they were they're squaring it to someone else. And they, I watched them the other night. They were doing it the other night against Man United. And you think to yourself, you know, what's wrong with them now? Because actually they should be, um, they should be just finishing it off and then maybe enjoying the game a little bit later on. You've got a credit release from Lloris for a great save just before, you know, the one that he tipped from Aguero that went onto the post. Um, you know, it was an absolute great save. It was by the bottom of his studs, but, you know, that could have been the goal that started the kind of, you know, that would have put Man City at that time deservedly ahead. But, you know, you've got to stay in the game and that's exactly what we did. We stayed in the game and then, you know, we get the chance at the other end and, you know, I know it's two chances, two goals, but that's a 100% record. So you take that all day long than the 14 chances I think Man City created with five on target. And no goals. So, you know, ultimately, it's goals that win games and it's putting the ball in the back of the net that does that for you. So, you know, we rode our luck a little bit and we definitely rode our luck just before half time and we rode our luck just at the start of the second half. But it's those things that ignites the players to actually believe that they can go on and win a game. And, and it's exactly what happened. We saw Adwood absolutely screaming at the Spurs fans in delight after stopping Aguero's shot and then watching the follow-up selling over the bar. But it all came from Lloris colliding with Tanganga after the young defender made a really good stop. We saw Lloris playing all of his big hits. We saw the best of him. We saw the worst of him in the space of that game. But we were let off again with Mares putting over the bar from six yards out. And I think the turning point you'd say maybe in that game, Crackers, was Winks going flying on a run through the middle and Zichenko crudely brought him down. He knew exactly what he was doing and that was his second yellow. And you think when Man City went down to the 10 men, I think that did give Tottenham the confidence that, you know, they're there for the taking now. We can go on and get all three points. And just maybe a segment on Winksy because for me, I've been kind of maybe critical of him in the last couple of weeks where I'm not too sure if he will feature in the Mourinho team. But to be fair, on his birthday... He absolutely ran that game, didn't he, Crackers? Oh, he was just superb today. He was absolutely on it. He was, uh, he was, he was Stevie Perriman reincarnate, wasn't he? He just, he was just running that midfield, and he just does that type of midfield maestro in so well for me. When when he does do it well, uh, agreed. He does have a few games where. Where he, he's not so great, but he's still only a kid. He, I mean, how, how old is how old is Winks now? He's twenty four. Twenty four years old. 20, yeah, so you know he's still he's still a couple of years off 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 of you his. Mean pump you didn't know and, it was his birthday crackers. <laughs> yeah, come on, keep up now, will you? Uh, 
I, I will. I will try. It's a time delay. Out Come on, crackers! Don't you know the squad's and... birthdays? All, all twenty-eight of them. You must know this, surely. Come on, name them now. <laughs> Great display. I'll send it? him a birthday card yeah, later. You, you know what? Yeah, I'll tour is up when you forget his birthday. We can't start forgetting birthdays in the squad now, crackers. <laughs> but he was he was he was great today and i i really like him generally i really like him he's ne- never a 10 but he's never a five or six for me you know he uh, yes and today superb i was i was waiting for him to get sent off today in, <laughs> in that challenge to be honest i thought far might go back and have a look and actually send winks off for it for having the audacity to try and go past a player or something mad the way VAR was going. But yeah, that that really did that, that really did turn the game and we, we grew from that point as well. And uh I mean the, the the challenge on Winks was so obvious when you look back at him, he no eyes on the ball at all. He just looked to take Winks out. And I thought even VAR can't not see that one, you know, and and, and off he went. And uh just fa- fantastic from there. We really did grow, grow from there. And uh, yeah, well done, well done, Winksy. Who is his birthday today? I don't know if you knew that. Actually, he's twenty-four today. <laughs> Happy birthday, Harry Winks. Talia, bringing you into the debate about Winks. He's a player that I think at the moment, amongst the Spurs fan base, he does divide opinion. Some feel he's not going to be progressed under Jose Mourinho. Some still love him because he did come through the ranks. For you, is there a place for him? in a Tottenham team in the future under Jose Mourinho? Uh, I think so. I think a lot of people change their mind quite a few times. I think, you know, when he first Spurs started... Against... change their mind never. You're joking. We don't, we don't change I our mean... mind, do we? We're not fickle. No, I change my mind every one minute, but let's not pretend <laughs> that that's true. Um, no, I think when he first kind of got into the starting eleven, I think a lot of people were like, oh my God, yes, love Harry, second Harry, you know, one of our own, all of that. And then I think over time, everyone kind of was like, he's so negative, he's such a negative player, constantly passes back, passes sideways, doesn't go forward, standard. And I think, to be fair, like, I I personally also kind of agree, like, I lost the wing type a little bit, but I think today he was wicked. Like, he was so good today. And if he kind of continues to play like that, then there has to be a space. I mean, I think it could be quite difficult in midfield once everyone's fit and playing because of like new partnerships stuff like that but when he plays like he did today he was the reason he blocked so many moves from City like he ran the midfield so I feel like you can't drop it and surely Mourinho looks at him and was like he was such a big part of that result today so how can you just bin him off I mean you can't so yeah I think probably hopefully I like him I want him to do well like I'm rooting for him yeah, I mean, he was pivotal, wasn't he, in terms of getting Zinchenko sent off and the passion afterwards he showed when he did get him sent off. I mean, Troy, it wasn't all action display from the midfielder, especially running through the middle. Definitely, I think, one of his best performances of the season. And I ask the same question to you, Troy. For you, long term, because there is such an abundance now of midfielders in England, does Wink stand out enough for you to be in a Tottenham team under Jose Mourinho? Because when you see Mourinho's teams in the past, you always see the likes of a Matic or a Fellaini in there. Winks isn't that kind of player. He's a very technical, gifted player. Will he work in a Mourinho team when you've got the Chelsea, you've got Undumbele, you've got Ali, you've got, you know, there's so many options there. Midfield to Soko next season. Will he be a permanent fixture, do you think, in his team next season? Uh... That's a great question, Rick. Um, I think the jury's out. I think the jury's out by Mourinho. So if we're talking, I don't manage the team, so we're quite lucky about that. But I think Mourinho 
will probably the jury be out, even after his performance today, which was a decent performance. You know, again, you've got to think of what he's up against in that midfield and how he applied himself and, like you say, how he drove on, you know, at times and how he galvanised the people around him at times. And for a 24-year-old, that, you know, let's not disrespect it. For a 24-year-old, that's that's pretty good. But I'm kind of with you. I'm not quite sure he'd be in Mourinho's starting 11 as a, as a central midfield starter. Um, you know, if he gets what he wants and he manages to change the the whole outlook of how Spurs have looked over this season. Um, I think Winks would struggle. He'd definitely be a, a squad member and he'll be, you know, he'll play his games, but I don't think he'll be a an out-and-out starter. But, you know, the reason that these lads are playing now is to convince Mourinho that they can be part of that squad because we shouldn't be judging Mourinho's Tottenham this season. We've got to judge him after he makes transfer, you know, the next transfer window and then he starts his first full season as the manager. So, he will definitely have caused him a few headaches by the performance today. And I think, you know, between now and the end of the season, he's got to do that. And he's got to do that in high-profile games. So this why this one is a great start for him. There's no better side to do it against than Man City, who actually have a lot of possession of the ball. But, you know, if he starts in the Leipzig games, they will be the ones that Mourinho will really be judging, you know, the players that he has now and the players that have been at Spurs for a while, they'll be the ones who will be making critical decisions about whether he needs to change or whether he keeps and he can trust them. You know, Mourinho's all about the trust and after today, I think he'll, he would have got a great pat on the back from the manager, but then the judgment will come again when it when we get into the Champions League. There's a lot of games in it to come. You say about FA Cup, Champions League, Premier League. You know, Spurs stay in all those competitions towards the end of the season. You feel that he is going to get still a regular run of games. And especially recently, he has tended to cyber winks. That may be down to the midfield options he's got and, you know, the players that are open to him. But it'll be interesting to see definitely in this next month or two whether he does stick with winks in the middle of that midfield. But one man you feel at the moment, on the back of that debut we saw against Man City, he's going to be a regular in this team this season and that is Steven Bergwijn because crackers oh my word what a debut a cracker of a goal a half volley into the bottom corner what a strike by the new man it was an absolute beauty and to announce yourself like that as a Tottenham player with that trademark celebration as well to follow it's great to see that isn't it a kid that comes in to hit the ground running like that and almost certainly you know maybe with a price tag to what he's got already suddenly that kind of goes to the side because to have that kind of impact, God, he's exciting, isn't he? Ah, uh, just fan- fantastic. And I think um, Mourinho had alluded to the fact that he had to throw him in today due to his lack of options in that position. Otherwise, he maybe he wouldn't have started him. And you know, if he doesn't play today, he doesn't get that goal, and we maybe don't go on to do what we do. Just as sometimes fate throws you these things, but. Uh, like Troy said earlier in the in the show, it looks like, but the the speed of the Premier League caught up with him a little bit towards the end of the game, and when he, when he pulled up, and um, but you can just see from the way he took that goal, uh, technically how good he is, and uh, just dream stuff in it really on on your debut to do that is uh, akin to a. Uh, all right, maybe not as spectacular and and the opposition, but like with uh, Danny Rose um, and his goal on his Premier League debut, just just fantastic from him, and just so great to see all the players and all the subs jumping in and like 
uh, limbs, as the kids say, absolute limbs from the players. It was just uh, wow, great. It's what 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 football's all about, you know. That that's that's where that's where you, your love of football is when you see things like that. And he looks like a real real prospect. Uh, yeah, he's just uh, fantastic, brilliant stuff. Yeah, well, his opener saw him become the 250th player to score in his debut in the Premier League and the 13th Dutchman to do so in the process. Tell you, the way he took that goal, you know, you have to say the quality, the control. I mean, it didn't look like a first appearance from him, did it? He's, looked, he's been playing for a while for Tottenham. He seems to have already fit in that dressing room very well. There always seems to be that kind of camaraderie that we want to see amongst the players. And I think where there has been reports that it has been a bit of a split dressing room, we've heard that. I don't think you could say that the way that, reacted with that goal there was absolute scenes of celebrations and delighted to see him get his first goal for the club on his debut 100% I think you know the past few months there's been a lot of talk on you know the contract rebels and the whole potch thing and there's been so such a cloud of negativity or at least a form of it over players fans everyone and I think today was probably the first time that you've we kind of found that spirit back and and, you know, I think getting rid of the bad eggs, you know, and Rose, Soz, I know you like Rose, but Rose, Ericsson and whoever else obviously does have a massive impact. And I think I kind of said briefly earlier, like, I think everyone on the pitch wants to play for Spurs. And you can tell because they worked, we look like an actual team and they're working together. And I mean, we haven't seen a celebration like that for God knows how long. Like every single player, I know Marino got involved and was running up and all the subs, like everyone, like that is what it means. And I think, you know, for Bergwijn, that's amazing. And I think he will definitely fit in really, really well, which is great. I know some of the guys were all doing the celebration and they put on their Instagram stories after the game, even when they were in the um, like pools and stuff, just obviously calling down, they were all doing the celebration. And I think that's such a credit, like for someone to have been there, what, four or five days to have bonded with the team like that well is actually so good. So no, hopefully I think it'll be a turning point for the dressing room and the mentality and everything. But now nah, he looks like a proper player and I'm kind of excited to see what he can do against opposition where we know we do get more possession and he can use his pace and run at people and stuff like that. So no, amazing. Couldn't have gone better. And he also seems really nice. Like his does, interviews yeah. are so lovely. He seems such like a cute boy. Like I want to just give him a cuddle. <laughs> Oh, he does seem like a lovely dad, doesn't he? He does seem, you know, feet on the ground. We heard, again, stories that his dad burst into tears when he came to yeah, see Mourinho last so week. And stories like that, he does feel like a very, very humble lad. And we know a lot about Spurs in terms of they do their profile on the player and make sure that he's the kind of right mentality to come into a dressing room. And to be fair, to have made the start he's, he's done already, that already, I said, kind of settles him down. And Troy, to have a lovely control and finish from that, I think that whole atmosphere seemed to transform inside that stadium. Do you think now, Troy, I haven't really had a chance to speak to you about it, with Ericsson going, with Rose going, getting out some of the players that clearly either don't want to be at the club or are causing a divide there, and bringing in players that do want to play for the club, something that will lift the mood and it will, in a way, heal the dressing room where there had been some rifts in the past? Listen, I'll, let's start with the fans. The fans only want to see people that play you know, wear their heart on the sleeve and, and play for the shirt, the badge, the club. And, and, you know, so let's not treat the fans as being silly here because they knew that there was discord in that change room. It's obvious, you know, the stories come out for a reason and people leak stories for a reason. And, 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 it's, and it's to get the information out in a way that would probably not have been out there before. So those stories are obviously have caused, you know, 
this consent in in the in the changing room and they've done the same to the fan base because now the fan base is split down the middle it's torn you're either pro ericsson because of what he's done in the past or you're against the ericsson of today and the same goes for rose so for those players to have, to have moved out now that takes away the negativity of any conversation so you start to think now well the first thing after the transfer window is a performance like today against man city and and hearing how that you know from telly how the stadium was like and how the noise was in the stadium means that fans can start feeling good about their club again they can start to to have that little bit of belief that that you know now we can sweep away the negativity and push on um, and you've got to keep that hope as, as, as that we can. You know, there'll still be up, ups and downs for the course of this season. I've no doubt about that. But surely, we, you know, the fans and the players can look forward to, a, you know, much more positivity now because, you know, I don't like to talk about players in that negative way because yeah, it's a tough gig, this game. But ultimately, you could tell by performances whether people want to be at a football club or not. And, I'm sorry, Ericsson's performances for far too long now kind of proved that he, he'd gone in his mind, but he hadn't gone in his body kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, if we understand it correct, he told Mourinho, I'm leaving here. I won't be here, you know. So, you know, behind the scenes, apparently he was, he was professional as possible. But ultimately, you know, his performances proved that maybe his heart just wasn't in it. So I think, it, you know, it's, it's a positive thing for the club. You bring in a new signing as well. He starts the way that he starts. He scores the first goal. Actually, we didn't need the second goal because we won. You know, he's got the first goal and and hopefully, you know, he can kick on from there. The second goal is the, is the icing on the cake. Um, I think, I, listen, if you want me to be honest, I'm, I'm worried about Son a little bit. He's not producing anywhere near what he was before. But well, I'm, I'm, when glad, I you worried, up. I'm glad you brought him up, Troy. Yeah. I mean, because that, that's the thing also. I mean, I want you to carry on there what you were saying about Son because despite yeah. scoring, let's be honest about it, Son's been nowhere near the player that we knew he could be. And it's obviously since he's come back from suspension. And you know, when we lost Harry last season, Son was pivotal mm. in terms of stepping up. Stood up, up didn't he? It's concerning because yeah. we haven't brought in that striker. That I mean, I know people know that I craved, I really wanted a striker to come in. And I know it mm. can't just be anyone. It's got to be Son of a substantial standard. But when Son mm. isn't scoring the goals and you are going to have to you know, rely on now the outlet of maybe Mora, of the mm. Chelsea, of Lamella, and of course of Bergwijn. How much pressure does that put on Son to find the goals? And he's not, as you say, the greatest form at the moment. For me, you know, when someone's not performing to the level that we expect or know or appreciate from what he's done before, we often forget how much his body, what his body has been through. And remember, we're talking about a man that has not really had a break. He's been flown backwards and forwards from South Korea to playing competitions. He's had minimal terms in terms of time, in terms of downtime to actually recuperate his body. Then, obviously, we've had the, the couple of incidents that he's been involved in that are, are quite emotional and all that. You know, sooner or later, your performances are going to dip. And if his performances are dipping now because of maybe his body has, has kind of said to him, do you know what, you're not going to be as amazing or as dynamic, you know what I mean, as you have been. And we'll need to, you know, you're going to need to time to regenerate yourself almost. So it's it's a little bit of a worry, but we've got to put all of that into context. And we've got to put all of that, that he's had very minimal rest. If you look at some of the England players now, who, who obviously our focus is on more because of what will happen in the summer, a lot of them are picking up injuries. A lot of them, you know, your Sterlings, your Rashfords, obviously your Canes, um, they're picking up injuries now that are meaning that they're recuperating now. 
and hopefully by the time you know for the summer anyway they'll be backfiring in all cylinders i know for the teams for the teams you know let's not talk about the others but for us spurs we want harry back as as quick as possible but maybe the time was right and i'm not saying he deserved the injury that he got but maybe the time was right for him to again have that break because these players are playing right through summer periods when ultimately the game now is of a certain level standard that they they, they need to that rest and recuperate. And I, for me personally, I think that's the space that Son's in at the moment. Crackers, I want to ask you on Son because as I mentioned earlier, he hasn't been really the player that we were known used to, especially this time last season where he did step up in the absence of Kane. Are you just confident for you it's just a blip? And we will see the real Sonny return. I mean, listen, he scored a really important goal today. Really, really important for the team to get that second goal, that cushion for us. You know, you feel that gave us a lot more security. Fans in the stadium could just relax a little bit. Even Tottenham 2-0 up is not an easy thing to be able to deal with. But, you know, we try our best. Do you think Son will come back to being the player that we know he can do? Yeah, absolutely. I think Troy has hit the nail on the head there. He's knackered. The boy is knackered. I don't know if there's a South Korean word for it, but he is. Whatever that is, he's he, he's knackered and he's he's in the the red zone uh, like for for injuries and tiredness and like Troy said, there's a lot of pressure on these these lads, you know. And I think he is knackered because of what he does give in games and when he's when he's on it, he does he gives he gives his all, you know. He 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 goes flat out. And uh, but you can only do it for so so much so so, so long, and uh, you know with the lack of options up front at Spurs at the moment, he he has been flogged further than he's than his body's allowing, and uh, it is a shame that we couldn't do any business and bring somebody in. And I know there was a lot of disharmony on social media, especially with all the experts that we have on there um, saying about. Striker, we should have brought a striker. I mean, well, nobody did. I mean, everyone was scratching around. It's so difficult to buy one in January uh, of any standing, but of one to come in and start giving multi-million pound contracts to, it's, it becomes nigh on impossible. Just forget it in, in January to get somebody from, from a club. Gone are the days when you could maybe go and pinch a player because the club needed to sell for the money because that's just not the case anymore so um you know i don't think it was a failing this window i think it's been failings in other windows not to bring that striker in and you know with a lack of options he's played and played and played and he looks like he's just he's suffering a bit of burnout so uh i don't know maybe we can find some some way or some games where we could rest him hopefully and uh, and he'll be back but he will be back it is it's just it's just temporary he's class he's absolutely class um sonny and uh, yeah love and uh, hopefully he, he gets his mojo back and uh, away he goes again We've also got to mention the performance of Jaffet Tanganga and Talia, let's bring you into that because how was that 20-year-old not used to Premier League football until that Liverpool game because he just doesn't look phased at all, does he? And he's now impressed against the likes of Liverpool, Man City and others. And for a player that is so young, 20 years old, ridiculously composed, didn't put a foot wrong at all in that game against Man City, including a terrific run to stop Aguero bravely before Loris absolutely clattered into him. This guy's got a massive future at our football club, hasn't he, Talia? 100%. I mean, he had Mares in his pocket for most of that game and he is not a player that you can pocket easily. 
And I think it's such a credit. You know, he's our position. He's also been in, what, two, three positions in the shortest amount of time that he's played. And, you know, he's so confident and does so many of the right things and doesn't look nervous. And I think that is so great. And it does feel like it is a new sign-in. I think it has really boosted us at the back because, you know, we were conceding stupid amounts of goals. And obviously, we still need to work on quite a lot. But I think he is definitely a massive part of why we have got better. Because I think the other guys trust him as well. And Mourinho must do. And no, I, th- I think he's absolutely earned his, you know, starting place. And I think over, I mean, how old is he? 21? I think he's 21. 20. 20. He even makes us look younger, doesn't he? <laughs> he's he's that good. He's so good. Like, I just don't understand how he wasn't in it earlier. Like, I get how young he is and stuff. But I mean, he's just put in such good performances. Credit like, to Mourinho for that, Talia. Do you give credit to Mourinho for bringing him in now? Uh... I mean, yes. I think it, I mean, potentially forced because he knew he wasn't going to be able to sign people. And obviously working with the academy and things like that, obviously knew that he was ready. But 100% credit to, you know, have the guts to play him, especially against like Liverpool and City, because they've got some of the best wingbacks going and how rapid they are. They're a massive handful. And I think, you know, that could scare a lot of young players off specifically because they might, you know, have faith in themselves. But a second one thing goes wrong, they might kind of think, oh, shit, that was my fault. But, you know, you see none of that from him. And I think he has such a bright future. And I hope he gets a wicked contract soon and, you know, becomes a regular for us because he looks like a proper, proper boy. Troy, just lad Jaffet Tangang, guys, they're 20 years old. I have to keep reminding myself just how young he is. And the fact that he's only been in the team, really, since that Liverpool game onwards. And as I mentioned, he's played now. He's played Man City. He's played Chelsea and amongst other games as well. Can you believe how composed he is for one so young? He's got all the ability in the world. I think all he needs to do is just make sure he keeps his feet on the ground because, my God, he could be a star. Uh, he'll definitely keep his feet on the ground. Um, I've known him for a little while now and, and just through you know going at some of the work that I do with the club and he's been in some of my sessions and you can see he's a level-headed lad. Obviously, you don't know where his ability is going to take him at the time, but as a youngster, you could kind of tell that he was very conscientious and, you know, very respectful as well of the environment we was in. And and that might, you might think, well, what are you trying to say there? But some of them, or some of the lads I've come across in the past have maybe not as been as respectful as the environment they're in. Um, and this lad has. He's, 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 I've always seen him as someone who, do you know what? You, you hope that his ability matches the personality because if the two go together, then, then wow. Now I've seen him play as well. And, you know, you've seen him playing under-18s games, but that, that doesn't compare. Now you've seen him play at the top level as well. The world could be his oyster. Um, and you've got, to, you know, you've got to give praise to Mourinho because I don't think Poch would have put him in, regardless of whatever um, situations that have developed at the club. I'm not sure Poch would have gambled on him. Mourinho gambled on him in the biggest game of the season against the best side this season. And the, and the lads come up trumps. And then he's, he's, he's had enough confidence in him to go right side, left side. And listen, I still think he looks a little bit awkward on the left-hand side. But you can't do any more than mark Mahrez out. Totally mark him out of the game today. I was quite surprised they lined up with Mahrez today. I thought Bernard Silva, who's a little bit more tricky, who's got a little bit more nouts about him, might have exposed him a little bit. But, you know, he can only play with what, what he's up against. And... You know, I agree. He's definitely a lad with a bright future. 
I don't think we'd have to worry about whether he gets too big headed or not because he seems really, really down to earth. And, you know, hopefully he, he'll be allowed to, you know, so hopefully we don't make, well, listen, hopefully we do make signings in the summer, but I hope that his pathway to the future is not blocked because of one of those signings because there's a lad we can trust. It's a homegrown lad again, and it's one that gets the fans on their feet um, because, you know, ultimately he's come through the ranks and has performed at the level that he's performing. So I've got to, you know, you've got to tip your hat to Mourinho on that one because, like I said, I think under Poch, I'm not quite sure he would have come through like he has done under Mourinho as yet. Yeah, he's been top class, hasn't he? And Crackers, just to also bring into the equation of players that are coming through doing really nicely, Giovanni Lachelso, one that obviously we've now signed permanently, I thought he was also fantastic in the centre of that pitch. Alongside Winks, he was in a bit more of a defensive role, to be fair, in that Man City game, but he broke up so much of City's play, used the ball really well going forward, and he's certainly no luxury playmaker, is he? He's a bit of still that Spurs were after, and that's what he's bringing. Yeah, very, very much so. And, you know, making his deal permanent and giving him some certainty of where he's going to be would have helped. I'm sure his confidence going into the day uh, would have been sky high, knowing that he's now signed and he's there. Um, He's obviously well aware of uh, Spurs' rich Argentinian uh, heritage, and which he's he's mentioned. And... uh, yeah, he, he was great again today and he's just somebody that every time he plays just impresses more and more and more. Um, yeah, so he, he was brilliant. Broke, as you say, broke everything up. A little bit of steel in now. Um, but just just to go back to uh, Jaffet Tanganga, you could just tell after that first game when he was interviewed and he said, you know, he was just humble and said he'd play anywhere where he was asked to play and he was just grateful for the opportunity. And you could just tell, like, you know, uh, from what Troy has said about him as well, wow, what a level-headed, great kid he is. You know, I've got pairs of shoes in my wardrobe older than him and he just looks so <laughs> composed and calm and, you know, and, and a real humble lad. And like you said earlier, Ricky, that... The club does its due diligence on players off the pitch as well. Well, there's you know there's no worries about him. He must be a club's dream to have a kid coming in like that who's so humble and and done. It could be should be so easy to be so not that type of guy, you know, when you're on that sort of money and making it as a professional footballer. Um, but he just seemed he just he. he, he Dreamy, real, real dreamy sort of person that you want at your club. You know, no flashness, no n- nothing, nothing like that. So with you know him coming through the Kelso signing, then brilliant. You know, it's a couple of positions where you think to yourself, yeah, there, there's there's a future for, in in those two positions. And again, like Troy said, just I don't want to see somebody come in and halfway now. Um, you know, he's, he's going to have the odd game where he does get exposed at 20 years old. You're going to. It's it's tough. He's, he's stepped up and it's a huge step up as well. Absolutely massive to go from the youth ranks and then into the first team. But boy, is, is he doing it as the same as Le Celso seems to be at the moment. So, uh, yeah, a bit of positivity club for once. Hurrah. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while since we've been able to talk about this, this club so positively is what we've been able to do tonight, and we're absolutely loving it. I want to see those shoes of crackers that are older than, than the lad. <laughs> because if he's got shoes that are that old, they need to be exposed. I believe him. <laughs> Get about that wardrobe crackers. We want to see those shoes. Social media pictures coming inbound. You've been warned here, crackers. We've got a lot of listeners that listen to this show. They're waiting for these shoes. I'm telling you. We are going to go for one final break. And when we return, we discuss Southampton to come in the FA Cup. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back after this very short break. Talia. Massive game for Tottenham Hotspur in the FA Cup to come against Southampton. We want to keep this good feel factor around the club. We want to keep these cup competitions flowing. As we know, we want to see Spurs deliver that trophy. The first one under Jose Mourinho's era. We know he loves the FA Cup. We know we'll take this competition seriously. Do you think we will see a strong team out there? Because to be fair, during the period he's managed Tottenham, I think we have to say his selections have been really positive so far in the Cups. Without a doubt, look, he wants to win that trophy. And I think, you know, getting Norwich in that next round, if we do qualify, is another incentive to be like, we can go in and we can win. So there's no way that he'll field a even half strong side. Like, he will field a full strength side. You know, Southampton are on a revival. They're playing really well. Danny Ings is on fire. And I think, you know, we've got to match that because they are a Premier League team. They're a good team. We're at home. It's favourable. And, you know, it was a sloppy goal to concede when we played at theirs. And I think we have to use that advantage. And I think winning today, hopefully, will keep that mentality and the players will be, we can definitely win. And I hope that we can go ahead, win the game, qualify. And then, you know, Norwich at home is a favourable fixture, you'd like to think on paper. So, yeah. He wants to win the cup. Let's win it. I agree. Look at that positivity from Talia. Never heard her speak so positive on this show. For I'm I positive. You've always tried to be positive, but I feel tonight is like a different side to you. You've kind of come I'm alive drunk. after. I think that's what it is. I'm <laughs> drunk on like drunk. Tottenham air. Drunk on Tottenham. There you go. It doesn't happen too often with this club. It does for bad reasons normally. That's, it, Let me so, simmer in it. <laughs> Still many under bad reasons we're drunk for Tottenham. But Troy, you know, FA Cup, do you think it's a good chance maybe for the likes of Undembele to get some minutes? You know, the impact he made in that Man City game, he came on in the space of a minute, he had an assist there for Sonny's goal. Is this a game where you look at the round, we've got enough players now that need minutes and he can give them the opportunity and it'll still be a decent side that goes out against Southampton? Yeah, I don't think Mourinho will take risks with this competition. Um, you know, Talia's right. He is he, he he wants to go and win this one. You know, Mourinho loves to bag a competition immediately. It, it gets fans on your side that may be a little bit questionable about what you are doing here. So for me, he, he won't take risks. You know, it's difficult because we haven't got the luxury of changing really and truthfully up the forward positions again. But we have got a little bit of luck luxury of moving around um, midfielders and we I was going to say we could give people a rest but there's not another game for what are we, we miss the weekend and then we come back the following weekend so actually it's right to go and, and really go and try and finish this one off early doors because obviously you know, you can tell Southampton's performance in the first half against Liverpool should really have earned them a goal um, and even after half time, it took Liverpool a long time to work them out, but they worked them out and obviously got a 4 0 result that was a little bit unjust, to be totally honest. But I thought we were really positive in the first time, in the, in the first game. I thought we, 
we took the game to them. Yes, they were going to have moments that they were on top. You'd expect that as a side that's doing well and as a side that's, um, you know, you know, transformed, you know, over the last few months. But, uh, you know, I'd like to think that, that we'd, we'd have enough in our lock. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think we'll be one of those nervous ones again. We'll take a 2-1. We'll take a goal off of someone's backside anyhow you do. And then, again, like Talia said, the, the next round, you know, at home to Norwich, you'd expect it to be slightly easier. But, no, I think Mourinho will put everything into this one and be asking the lads to draw up enough, you know, enough about them to get in, get them the club through to the next round. And, and you know, you're one step closer to Wembley. I love the positivity. This show definitely has been our most positive one this season. Choice, it does happen. We do get you on, we win. <laughs> it's since Jason's retired. This. I'm told Jason's yeah, listened to I this. Jason, it. since you've retired, we've sold Danny Rose, we've beaten Man City. <laughs> Maybe you should retire more often, to be honest with you. We do miss you, Jason. We do miss you. Um, oh, I miss him. Don't we do miss him. That. I know I you miss your spa battles banter. of him, yeah. Troy. Yeah. If you was here, yeah. we'd still have uh, a Aaron Wambasaka. Oh we, my about, god, yeah, Aaron exactly. <laughs> The glory years of him. We might well, I don't know, Aurea. Troy, very quickly, just to get I didn't get your thoughts on Aurea. Quickly wrap up, up a minute on Aurea. What do you make of him? Is he gonna start this game? What do you think of him? Uh, listen, let's be honest, it's an accident waiting to happen at every moment, at any time, <laughs> and I don't think we can gauge when that is gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You know, but again, you know, he, he, you can tell a difference in him. He, he's progressing going forward again. He, he's delivering balls into the box. I don't think you're ever going to change that mindset that he has to be rash at any moment in time. That is just his nature. But while we're getting more positive than negative, we'll have to accept that for now and hope that he continues to, to progress the way that he has under Mourinho. Yeah, agree. He's enigma, Sergio does divide opinion, but my God... Do you get an entertainment box office? Even with Mourinho, it's been box office. Some of the clips on social media doing the rounds at the moment are absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Crackers, just to bring it to you, FA Cup, I think all of us, old romantics, we love the FA Cup. We'd love to see Tottenham really go far in this competition. For you, can we do it? And do you expect us to beat Southampton? Yeah, we, we can beat Southampton, as Troy said, last game before the winter break, before they, you know bugger off somewhere like Lanzarote or somewhere like you know, hot like that. People that go out there make me sick. Who lives uh, in Lanzarote? <laughs> who does that? Who goes yeah, out who there? do that? Who go out there in the winter? Uh, <laughs> but we can, yeah, 2-0. Uh, I'm going 2-0 against Southampton and go on and win it. Uh, I've brought up on the FA Cup. I, I love the FA Cup. I know it's lost a, a bit of its sheen over the years and... Uh, but I, 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 I love it. It's, it's what caused me to fall in love with Spurs. That, that sort of 81, 82 side when we went and won the cup. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been far too long. We, You're a lot older than that. We can go all the way. We beat, beat Norwich. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I am. Yeah, I am. I'm afraid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, was, I think I was in my 30s when that 80s team. <laughs> <laughs> now come on we can win this we we need to put we need to put a trophy on the shelf that's what we need we need a pot in the cupboard Agreed. and we can kick on from now we really can agrees so you're predicting you're predicting a win and just quickly crackers just to finish up top four yes or no now what are you going for uh, yes, doable. Come on, doable. be positive. Look Do, at this. Doable, more than doable. Show. Other teams, it? other teams dropping points left, right, and centre. We, you know, let's hope today's the start of another momentum surge. 
and let, let's go and hunt it down. Let's get it done. Yeah, it, it's doable. Love if it. You, if you don't think it's doable, then it isn't. But, you know, a bit of positive thinking. Love it. There you go. The positivity from Crackers. Top four and FA Cup. Troy, are you going to be as optimistic as Crackers? Yeah, of course I am. Um, like I said earlier, I think the teams around them are not pulling up any trees. You know, there's no consistency from Chelsea. There's definitely no consistency from United. The teams that are consistent, Sheffield United, your Wolves, you'd think that they might have a little bit of a downspell, you know, the next few. And hopefully we can we can take advantage of that. Arsenal as well, you know, not well, Arsenal are not even up there. What am I talking about? Um, you know, but we, yeah. yeah come on, Troy, I don't even the, get mentioned on this show anymore now. We've gone past I'm the banter level. I'm so sorry. I really am so sorry. Um, <laughs> we can't even mention him anymore. It's yeah, getting embarrassing. Yeah, I know. You can, you can delete that bit, Ricky. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, on delete that don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, no, it's got, we've got to remain positive because like I said, we've got the personnel within. Yes, we would have loved a, a few more, you know, just to help the players that maybe are struggling a little bit now and, and the injuries. But, well, you know, like I said, the big games will be when we play those sides. So with Chelsea coming up soon and, and when you, you meet sides like that, you have to go and be positive and you have to go and get a result from it because all of a sudden four points will not be four points. It'll be one. It will be, you know, you'll get ahead and then you drive on. So, yeah, let's remain positive. I think we're in a good space at the moment and we can drive on from there. Brilliant. And Troy, prediction in for Southampton? Yeah, Gone two one. If you had listened early to me, Rick, I said two one. I yeah. do apologise, Tom. I'm having a bad night. I've, I've mentioned Borough three times. I'm, I've gone back and done the replay exactly. against Norwich as well. I think we've already got the Norwich result here, and we what's the Norwich? We go for four 0 Norwich. There you go. Yeah, we'll take that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Talia, let's get your prediction in top four and give us your prediction also for the game against Southampton. Uh, top four is an optimistic yes. Wow. I think if we beat Chelsea at the Bridge, then they will be rattled. And they are poor at home. So I feel like if we can beat them, then they will be rattled. And I think it's ours for the taking. Um, so it's an optimistic yes, but you never know. Um, I can't be too happy. I've, I've I've used up all my positivity in this pod. So, I mean, I think I'm going to have to be negative for at least two weeks now. <laughs> uh, but my prediction or my last bit of optimism, probably 2-1. I would stretch for three, but I actually can't see us scoring that many goals. So I'll go 2-1. Okay, fine. Well, I'm going to join you. I'm also going to say 3-1 Tottenham. I'm going to put a prediction through, and I still think we could make the top four. Even though six or seven games ago, I was adamant we ain't getting anywhere near the top four. But that's the Premier League. It's crazy. It's frantic. But, you know, we love it. And that's what we're here for. And we love games like that today to get a win like that. Troy, thank you for coming back on. Always a pleasure. And we've finally broken the duck, Troy. A big game and a big win. We've done it, Troy. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. That's why I was quiet. That's why I was quiet, Rick. I didn't want to tell you I was I coming know. on, I just in case I boxed anything. But yeah, all good. Thanks for having me again, Rick. Absolute Bit of pleasure. Pleasure. Bit of pleasure. Oh, I've been great having you. And Crackers, Favour came back on. I know you've got some events coming up, Crackers. Do you want to quickly give them a mention? Yeah, I'm over in uh, March for some uh, the uh, Spurs Legends Nights. Uh, Chrissy Waddle and Ledley King and Glenn Oddle, Steve Perriman. Uh, so that's March. And May got about half a dozen of those in May, so keep an eye on the social media feeds. And I'm hopefully going to be hosting a West Ham have been relegated party as well, because if they go down this season as well, (laughs) I will be so happy. 
you don't know how much I hate them. Uh, honestly, if they go down, I'll be so gleeful, honestly. I think Arsenal will cover their shoulders well at the moment, Crackers. They're only six, seven points off the drop themselves. They'll be looking at Oh, them shoulder. as well. Can you imagine? I'm, 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 there. I'm coming back home. I'm de-emigrating. I'm, 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 I'm coming back. If that happens, I'm back. Don't worry Brilliant. about that. Brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. And Talia, Thaver came back on the show. Always a pleasure. And we've got you back after a big win. Always a pleasure. And like I said, full of optimism, which is a rarity. So take it as it comes. There you go. There you go. Listen, it's not often we get to celebrate a win against Man City in that kind of style of a debut goal as well. Massive, massive win. Well, listen, we are back this Thursday on Love Sport for another big show where we'll be looking back, hopefully on Tottenham, advancing to the next round of the FA Cup. As always, come on, you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.